This is Bruce Morris, KPOV DJ and station manager. On August 23rd, KPOV aired a special interview about an important film coming to Bend on August 25th. The film is Prognosis, Notes on Living. It is being brought to Bend through a partnership with the Peaceful Presence Project, Out Central Oregon, and Bend Film. The film will air August 25th, 7 to 9 p.m. at the Unitarian Church here in Bend out on Skyliners Road. It's a movie filled with love and joy and just with the reality of a terminal diagnosis. Yeah, and it's like this really awesome example of how to live well if you're if you get a serious illness. How do you make the most of that and and live like okay, this is what I've got and this is how I'm going to just live every day to its fullest. I spoke with Aaron Collins of the Peaceful Presence Project and Jamie Nesbitt of Out Central Oregon about the film. So you asked what we would hope came out of seeing this film. And for me, I hope that people see that it's really important to ask for help and to accept support from others and that you don't have to go through it alone, whether it's you with a serious illness or a loved one or a friend who has a serious illness, that it doesn't have to happen alone or in a silo, that there is a lot of support out in the community and being willing to take that help really eases the suffering and the burden that goes along with it. Here is our interview. I guess, Aaron, let's start with you. You are the Programming Director and NEDA Proficient End-of-Life Doula. I'll have you explain that in just a second. Um, at the Peaceful Presence Project here in Central Oregon. What is the Peaceful Presence Project and um, what do you do uh, for a living and in, 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 uh, in relation to this organization? Sure. Um, so I am a that that NEDA is the National End of Life Doula Alliance. And so, as you said, I'm a NEDA proficient end of life doula. And it's just a national kind of recognition of a certain level of competency as an end of life doula. And for the organization, um, the Peaceful Presence Project, we have a mission to reimagine the way that uh, our community talks about, plans for, and experiences serious illness and the end of life. So as the program director, um, I really help to develop and deliver curriculum for clinicians, for community members, um, and folks who want to become end-of-life doulas to give them the opportunity to be better prepared to support someone with serious or terminal illness. All right. And just to, to round out a little bit, uh, you are also a registered nurse and uh, have your bachelor's in nursing and just received recently your master's degree in nursing. Yes. So congratulations for that. Thank and you. a yoga teacher, <laughs> uh, which we love. So can you uh, just, Aaron, tell us what motivated you in your life uh, to, to really dedicate your life now to uh, end of life care? Thanks for that question. Um, when I was 24, I had the opportunity to return home to Colorado as my grandmother was dying. And at the time, I was an aspiring writer and living in the big city of Portland, Oregon. And I went home and sat with my grandmother for about a week. And I would just go to the hospital and visit her each day. And I saw the nurses. She was in um, an within-hospital hospice unit. 
So she was at the end of her life. And the hospice nurses were phenomenal. And I just watched the compassion and care that they gave to her. And something in me said, that's how I want to show up in the world. That's what I, that's how I want to be in relationship with other humans. It did take me another 10 years after that before I went to nursing school after some travel, but, um, you were listening to 88.9 KPOV Bend, High Desert Community Radio. In the Bioneers time slot today, KPOV will be airing an interview about an important film coming to town on August 25th. This is Bruce Morris. This is Bruce Morris, KPOV DJ and station manager. On August 23rd, KPOV aired a special interview about an important film coming to Bend on August 25th. The film is Prognosis, Notes on Living. It is being brought to Bend through a partnership with the Peaceful Presence Project, Out Central Oregon, and Bend Film. The film will air August 25th, 7 to 9 p.m. at the Unitarian Church here in Bend out on Skyliners Road. It's a movie filled with love and joy and just with the reality of a terminal diagnosis. Yeah, and it's like this really awesome example of how to live well if you're if you get a serious illness. How do you make the most of that and and live like okay, this is what I've got and this is how I'm going to just live every day to its fullest. I spoke with Aaron Collins of the Peaceful Presence Project and Jamie Nesbitt of Out Central Oregon about the film. So you asked what we would hope came out of seeing this film. And for me, I hope that people see that it's really important to ask for help and to accept support from others and that you don't have to go through it alone, whether it's you with a serious illness or a loved one or a friend who has a serious illness, that it doesn't have to happen alone or in a silo, that there is a lot of support out in the community and being willing to take that help really eases the suffering and the burden that goes along with it. Here is our interview. I entered nursing school with the intention of becoming a hospice nurse and then spent, I've been a nurse for 15 years in both oncology care and hospice and end of life or palliative care and have really just, you know, found that that's my passion. It's what I'm good at. Um, and then realized that we needed to, um, to do something in the community to ease the suffering that comes for a lot of people at end of life because they haven't prepared. And that's folks who are in the community who haven't um, accepted death and dying. They haven't planned for it. And it also applies to our clinicians who typically in medical and nursing school are not trained in end of life care. They're not trained in palliative care. And so I saw a real need to improve that as well, thus getting a master's degree in nursing education to try and make a shift in how we deliver that curriculum so that every clinician is prepared when they go into practice to support people as they face serious and terminal illness. All right. Uh, thank you, Aaron. We're also joined by Jamie Nesbitt uh, of Vice President now of out central Oregon uh, and, and Jamie has a, uh, a a very impressive uh, career I will say <laughs> I just my view my view of things and and so Jamie can you talk about uh, out central Oregon and the work you do and then why um, why out central Oregon is part of the team bringing this movie to bend 
Yeah, absolutely. Out Central Oregon is a LGBTQ advocacy group that um, a few of us started almost five years ago. After moving to Bend about six and a half years ago, my partner and I knew that there was an LGBTQ community that was local and, and within Bend and Central Oregon, but they weren't very visible. And we felt that was the best way to get some acceptance and to get uh, a more vibrant LGBTQ community was to get that community to be visible. And I think our biggest approach that has led to, I think, our successes has been that we didn't do that alone. We partnered with a lot of other organizations and businesses. Um, we've even partnered with Deschutes County Health to try to increase you know, LGBTQ-specific health care issues that the county can deal with. Um, and through the years, uh, our partnerships have led to our organizations expanding. Um, you know, we promote not only our own events that we are producers of, but we promote as many um, of other LGBTQ-specific events and activities and initiatives. Um, through the years, we've developed an extremely deep social media reach, and I think that's a huge value that we add to our community um, as we go forward and certainly in the past. And, uh, Jamie, what inspired, motivated you uh, to become an act, an activist, really, an activist for the LGBTQ plus community? I think I've always been an activist throughout my life in some form or another, whether it was doing car washes in fifth grade to raise money for an organization um, uh, and and through doing like various charity bicycle rides and runs. Um, I've been a board member and an executive committee member for a national HIV AIDS organization that's based in DC called AIDS United, where they have a huge um, public policy committee because they're located on Capitol Hill, essentially. But they also do a lot of capacity building and grant making to close to 250 organizations around the US. I think that organization and my experiences with them has been one of the greatest unexpected aspects in my life because I've literally met some of the true largest leaders in HIV and AIDS advocacy and care through, um, within the nation. Just describe this movie. What, what is it about? You want to start, Erin? Sure, I can start. Um, it's Prognosis, Notes on Living. So in that title, you can hear that somebody, the, one of the main characters, gets a prognosis, gets a terminal, a diagnosis of a terminal or a serious illness, pardon me. And so it's really about that experience. What is it like to receive a diagnosis, to have to make decisions for, around that diagnosis, to live with treatment, but also what does it mean to live well while facing a serious illness? And that's really, I think Jamie will speak to that too, that that's really what is so beautiful in this film is that it's, there is, you know, there are sad parts to it. And there are difficult and challenging parts to it, just as there are in real life living with serious illness. But there's also a real opportunity to live well and to live fully as somebody faces a serious illness. Jamie, what would you add? No, I, I think that's absolutely right. Um, and I think one of the reasons that Outsender Oregon jumped at the opportunity to partner with um, your organization, Aaron, um, and with Ben Film is uh, the subject matter of the film actually relates to uh, a lesbian, a very well-known documentary filmmaker, award-winning, in fact. Um, so while the film is relevant to the entire population as far as understanding end-of-life, um, you know, prognoses that are that are end-of-life, you know, to change that, <laughs> sorry, uh, 
Uh, I think it adds an interesting perspective because the character is a partnered lesbian living in San Francisco, and you just get to see the love and the support um, within her family, with her kids, um, and within her community at large, uh, again, from a queer perspective, which is a little bit unique, um, which I think is one of the greatest things about this movie. I agree. Can y'all talk about how is that experience you you Jamie you described unique the experience of someone who is LGBTQ plus going through this process and and um Aaron I think you mentioned it too as well how is that unique what are the differences Well I think the film is in San Francisco so I think the level of care that she could get um as a per, as a queer person and also with access to a facility like UCSF is pretty stellar. But I think it reminded me that for a lot of queer individuals, um, having great access to healthcare in more rural towns may not have been nearly as easy um, as Chasnov did in the movie, um, let alone have the support um, that she had with her very LGBTQ friendly family and friends. Um, and I think it's a perspective to remember when we watch the movie um, that even though her prognosis and diagnosis um, is what it was, what it was, uh, she was in a position of having a lot of support. And I think to me, that was a message that when we're all going to be faced with either a loved one or even ourselves at that time of our life, um, having that support is critical. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, as Jamie said that, the, the director or the star of the film, so to speak, is partnered and supported. But the statistics aren't, you know, that's not the main picture that we see with um, LGBTQ older adults in that the statistics show that actually they're twice as likely to be single as they age and to live alone. They're four times less likely to have children. And as you know, we may know that children are often who are there to support their aging parents. Um, you know, often more estranged, more likely to be estranged from their family members who would be a support, um, a support circle or even be someone who could help make, um, medical decisions, someone who could be a caregiver. Um, but they're also more likely to be caregivers for friends. And something that there was a big, um, kind of a briefing paper that came out this year by the organization called Age Plus. That showed that in Oregon, 70% of respondents to this um, kind of survey of LGBTQ adults in Oregon, 70% of the respondents stated that they have three or more people in their support circle. So it's a good news that in a supportive circle, which is what I think was really compelling in this film, was how much her community showed up for her and how important that is. And so for someone who isn't partnered, and doesn't have family or is estranged from their family, how important that support network is and how important it is for our support networks to be um, knowledgeable or to have some level of skill or practical wisdom around helping their friends through a serious or terminal illness. And so you spoke at the beginning of creating compassionate community. Yeah. Right. Around people in, in this situation in their life. And so I wonder making the connection of people with a smaller or maybe even non-existent support circle, this compassionate community helps to, to take care of those people. Is that part of what, what we're seeing and what y'all, what the work y'all are doing? 
Absolutely. And I think that another interesting thing is that um, the, we're hosting the film at the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship, which has also really said, okay, what do we do to bring this issue to light? And I think what's interesting is the work that we do is getting these community members, these circles, to be, um, to have that practical wisdom. And that could be groups of friends. It could be groups of neighbors and neighborhoods, but it's also really largely faith and religious communities where people find that support on a, you know, a weekly or monthly basis. Those are some of the really important, um, community members who can, who can get this skill set, who can, uh, learn how to be more supportive in that compassionate community format. It also involves, um, you know, getting involved with that the uh, government, local government, has a better idea of what's needed and what needs to be supported, that the health systems um, are able to refer out to community resources. Um, the fact this uh, Dr. Alan Kelleher, who created this compassionate community model of care, is famously quoted as saying that for someone who's living with serious illness, only 5% of their time is spent with a medical professional. So 95% of the time, they're on their own. And if it's somebody who is estranged from their family or doesn't have a partner, is living alone, what do we as a community do to support them in that 95% of the time. So that's what Peaceful Presence is really here to do, is help support people in the 95% of the time that they aren't in front of a medical professional, and to make sure that there are community members who can also be there and be supportive. Yeah, so there's a lot of power in looking at the 95%. Yeah. Right? It seems like that's something that I've not heard and have been through uh, a couple of relatives with the hospice yeah. process. And, and when you say it, it's like, yeah, that's right. Most of the time it's, it's somebody else. And so it's a, it's a powerful focus on, on what needs to happen the vast majority of the time. I wonder, Jamie, and I'll ask you mm -hmm. too, Aaron, um, what is your experience watching this film? And then it's sort of related way. What, what are you hoping people, other people will get out of it when, when they go watch? I mean, the film, <laughs> was beautiful to me um and i i feel absolutely uh fortunate to have seen it and to be able to see it again this thursday night um it i've been fortunate in my life i guess in some ways that i've never had had to deal with a loved one in close proximity that was dying i was either far enough away that it was just not possible to me to be there as a primary at-home caregiver or something similar to that um, but this movie, as I'm getting older myself, <laughs> this movie is my, and my parents as well. Um, it just sheds some light and some awareness on my part that every single person on the planet goes through this process. We are all going to die at some point. We are all going to have a loved one, um, close to us who is going to die or be diagnosed with a, a potentially terminal illness. I mean, I feel that, um, not even thinking of myself, getting that di a diagnosis, um, but just as a caregiver, there's a burden on them as well. And I think having that conversation, I think is going to, what I'm hoping is going to be a big outcome um, from screening this film. Granted, watching Deborah Chasnov's processing her own imminent mor uh, mortality was powerful. And that definitely is what the film showed. But I think having a, a, a 
insightful eye to her family and her friends and watching what they also have to go through as someone who is supporting this person who is dealing with emotions and concerns and fears that until you're in that place, you have no idea what that experience is like. So, Aaron, what what is the, what is that for you? What's the experience of the movie? Yeah. What are you hoping people will come away with? Well, when I first heard about the movie, and um, I will say that I've a lot of different films have come and gone, and and kind of come across my my desk around um, end of life, and this was absolutely the the best um, made film that I've ever seen around death and dying. It was real. It's just really personal and um, remarkable, and. I had a similar experience in that I have actually been, as a nurse um, who specialized as an end-of-life care, I've been present for hundreds of deaths. It never gets any easier. They're always um, emotional and touching. And as Jamie said, it was the caregiver that really spoke to me in this film. And that burden that comes with caregiving for someone with a serious illness especially when it's a partner and what that does for relationship and how difficult it is to be in relationship and be caregiving and be trying to make medical decisions. Um, You know, they navigated it really beautifully and with a great support network and with people to talk to. And that's not always the case. So the compassionate community, I'm going to keep referring to that because I love it. Uh, The compassionate community is for, uh, people going through the dying process, but also their closer in support systems, right? The caregivers, yes. the compassionate community is there to help everyone, I guess, was what I would say. Absolutely. Okay. That's, you know, it's, we look at it, the compassionate community, you kind of look at it in this, um, you know, it's kind of, they call it a socio-ecological model. And it's just like, you know, there's a circle that's the dying or seriously ill person, but They have a circle of people around them and they need support. And then there's community members who are able to support that caring circle and the medical um, system can support them and public health can support them and all the way out to public policy to create this larger, like you said, it's called a compassionate community and that we all have a responsibility to take care of each other as humans. And because uh, we're on radio and not TV, I want to tell you that we're all sitting around here making concentric circles with our hands. We in are. case you're wondering to, to describe all of this, uh, <laughs> just wanted to let you in on that little bit of what we're doing. I have a question that um, I just it occurred to me early, but I want to ask: What is the difference, if there is, between an end of life? doula and an end-of-life care nurse. Yeah, so an end-of-life doula is a non-medical companion. So they're trained um, in understanding, one, having um, a real clear understanding of their own relationship with death and dying, a real clear um, kind of practical wisdom around how how to listen and be supportive for someone who is facing serious illness, um, in the training that we do, they gain a real understanding of family dynamics and how to support other family members and caregivers as they are supporting someone with serious illness, um, as well as providing advanced care planning, how to, you know, how to plan ahead for all this inevitable mortality that we all have. Um, so doulas are really non-medical, community-based companions who can navigate serious illness with someone and all the way through the end of life with someone. 
so getting back to the 95 percent, yes. I want to take it in a little bit slight, slightly different direction, which is that um, fairly obvious that th- this movie's sad at some point, um, I think. Um, but what's it like the rest of the way? I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that. But what are the emotions uh, that that you're feeling, that you're seeing, that people are sharing in the movie or demonstrating in the movie throughout? Yeah, Jamie, maybe you can. I can I can start that. <laughs> uh, th- there's a lot of love and there's a lot of support. I know that sounds you know very obvious, but I think that's how it starts. Um, there's hope from the initial diagnosis that oh we can get through the treatments. Um, so the, the family of of Deborah and and her close you know her compassionate community are all hopeful um, that the treatments. Will, she'll respond to the treatments and that this will all just go away. And at some point her life will go back to normal. But as the movie progresses, you realize that's not the case. And so sadness, realization, frustration, um, starts setting in. And there is a point in the movie, uh, where, where Deborah really hits an emotional mm-hmm. moment of just, almost a breakdown, if you will, but a necessary one, I would argue, where, you know, after, I don't remember how long after her initial diagnosis, but it had been some time where, you know, having to go to the hospital two or three times a week to manage this and get a scan on this and get a treatment for this and another test and another test and all of this heavy-handedness, she just kind of just sobbed, a true heart-wrenching sob. And I think that's for me, where the movie really takes a change emotionally when I think the realization among all of our compassionate caregivers of that inevitability that we had hoped we could delay was now much closer um, than we had than we had hoped for. Yeah, I think, you know, you just kind of brought up for me the, the difference in this documentary film that's you know that's that's sharing this experience versus um a hollywood film that goes through the same experience and you know they get better at the end and you know and they go and take their big family vacation and this is this is more reality based and i really appreciate that as the audience members we get to experience all those emotions that they go through and we get to experience the reality of what they are going through and it's all the emotions that Jamie said. And there's also humor, mm-hmm. right? And they bring, because there's always, you know, funny things that go on in the reality and the, the kind of human existence. And so there's definitely um, the humor quality as well. I'm really glad you brought that up, Aaron, because that is very true. It's it's while we're, we might be portraying it as something of a very depressing movie it's actually not it's after not. watching it and during watching it, it 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 made me sad for the characters obviously in the reality of what you were viewing and you talked about Aaron uh, the concept of palliative care yeah. at the end of life and and can you describe what that is and why is that important for you uh, in in your work with this yeah so um it's Palliative care is a concept that um, is often misunderstood as end-of-life care, and palliative care is really about its quality-of-life care, 
And so it's appropriate for anybody who is diagnosed with a serious illness from the time they're diagnosed to have a palliative care physician who is involved in the team and is constantly looking at how does today, you know, how are you getting by today? Are you able to do the things you want to do? Are your symptoms manageable? So that somebody really has an eye on, gosh, if you're having a lot of pain or you're having a lot of nausea as you navigate this illness, what can we do differently to make sure that you don't have as much nausea or you don't have as much pain? If it's really important for you as you navigate this illness, it's really important for you to get to this family reunion what can we do to make sure that you feel well enough to go and do that? It's all about this holistic perspective of what do you need in your mind, in your physical body, in your spirit to make sure that you're living as well as possible as you navigate that illness. Then it's, you know, then once that kind of shift happens where okay, maybe things aren't going as well and we aren't getting, you know, this treatment is actually decreasing your quality of life. Is that time then to say, okay, I'm ready to stop treatment. What does it look like to now go to hospice care? And so that's, it's another way to have good eyes on when is that timing appropriate. And so it's what's really important for me in palliative care is that it is such an incredible service, and it really does improve the way that people live with serious illness. Um, it really improves their quality of life, and it's just not it, – it doesn't happen often enough. And so as doulas, and that end-of-life doula is a misnomer because we really want to support people much further upstream so that they are engaged with palliative care and they do have a better quality of life. Yeah, so another great aspect of this um, event is that at the end of at the completion of the film, we have a panel discussion and we have uh, Dr. Jenny Bleckman, who's a palliative care physician in town, myself, and a family caregiver who is currently prov um, providing care for her partner in who is dealing with serious illness. So we'll have each of the panelists share the kind of their perspective on the themes in the film, but then it'll be open for question and answer and to really hopefully get the audience engaged and in discussing the themes and the issues in the film. So we're really excited to have it be an engaging event. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcasts at kpov.org.